Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. it kevin durant goes down for maybe all of next year that was my first impression they're talking about ruptured achilles and i say well he's not coming back next year when you when you look at kevin durant you don't really think like that's a tough body that can stand up to a lot yeah but you also think to yourself man that guy is seven feet tall he can probably probably still be successful without having a hundred percent of his legs underneath him. I think I think that's right. I mean, he's he just he'll switch from being superstar to being lethal wing scorer. Yeah, I gotta let you in on a little secret, guilty guilty secret, I guess. I watched Solo this last weekend. Give me in your mindset. Um, I was sitting there. I had like two-ish hours, and I said, I want to watch something nerdy. And then so I looked around, and then I saw Solo, and I was like, well, let's give it another shot. You know, I gotta say, not a bad movie. It's not. It's not a, not bad, a movie. bad movie. It's just that Rogue One is a good movie. Rogue, Rogue One is a good movie, and Star Wars movies are good movies, and Solo didn't really, it felt not totally Star Warsy. I like that they, oh, that's a good point. One thing that I like about Star Wars is that they didn't quite do the planet whiplash you actually that has plagued some of the more recent movies that is that I know that we've we've kind of gone back and forth and I've kind of settled on the like I actually want to get to know a place and like figure out the mythology of the place a little bit more or the mythos mm-hmm. of the place and I like that Solo wasn't as bouncing around but it kind of did you know you start in Karelia like then you're eight. on you're on, no, no, not quite to that extent. But you are Corellia, the mud planet where you find Chewie. Mm-hmm. You're on the um, ice planet. Sure. Then you're on. Um, uh, then you're in Corellia, uh, not Corellia, Kessel, and then you end on Savarine. That's right. I, I guess you planets. right. I guess I had forgotten about the the Kessel part. What happened in that Diamondbacks Phillies game last night? Did you see how many home runs they hit? But that's not weird to me anymore. I I mean, 13 is pretty weird. Have you ever So I've gotten in the habit of watching condensed games just mm-hmm. for fun. And like I can't imagine what condensed games were like a few years ago because now they just appear to be just a slew of home runs. I mean, I watch all the Twins ones. I watch all the Twins condensed games at least. And the, the, twins twins, the Twins have hit, hit a lot of home so runs. many home runs. So I'm not yeah. thrown off by, like, huh, a lot of home runs. It was record-setting, record right? Or tying or something I didn't, like that. Oh, I didn't realize it was record-setting. Okay. Anyways, I saw... It, the other side note here is is Eduardo Escobar, who hit two, who, two home runs in the game. Is he for real? Well, I don't know. Are the Twins juicing everybody, including their former players? 
<laughs> Does it feel bad that you got rid of them? Yeah, obviously. Didn't we talk about this at the time? <laughs> Are you Well, I think that you decided that you would rather, if you had to have one of him or Eduardo, Eduardo Escobar or Eddie Rosario, you said you'd rather have Rosario. Yeah, I stand by that. If you had a pitcher and you could pick which team in the MLB he could pitch against Mm -hmm. on a given day, who would you pick? What team would you pick? I've given you three teams that I assume you would want uh, that player to pitch against in random ballpark. So I would say, oh, in random ballpark is interesting. I would say the Marlins. The Marlins. I, I mean, the random ballpark is what gave me pause because I would, I might say Giants in neutral ballpark. Neutral ballpark, ballpark, uh, or neutral and or in um, the new candlestick, whatever the heck, bell, whatever it's whatever called. Is, what is it called? I don't know. I call it. Uh, that's, that's why I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, right. I think a lot of people would think Marlins mm-hmm. off the top of their head because who's on the Marlins? But Giants and Blue Jays, I think, have been worse. So are you are you angling for a bet box here? Let's have it three categories. Three categories? Which three? Best out of three. Best out of three. Run scored. Uh-huh. Home runs. Okay. Batting average. Oh. Uh, uh, best ball, Roto. I picked the Giants and the Blue Jays. When I say best, I mean worst. Yeah. Um, against... I think versus the Marlins. You'll just take the Marlins. I think the Marlins are just... I mean, I know that they're not doing that badly, but they, I would argue that they are the most quadruple A team. With this side of the Orioles? <laughs> I, I think they might be more quadruple A than the Orioles right now. Well, so they're in a park that's it's not, helping. not as conducive. It doesn't help, yeah. <laughs> All right, best ball, Giants, Blue Jays, or worst ball, blind, Giants, Blue Jays versus the Marlins on the three categories. I like nice. it. Okay, we'll figure it out. This week on the pod, we are starting a long-term project looking at quantifying how managers, real MLB managers, can have an effect on the fantasy value of players. So this week, we started to collect some of the tools and we started to think about what things we would need in that model, building a little bit on our discussion of last week once we found that we had some unavoidable problems in those models. So the first half, I'm going to talk a little bit about the scraping that we actually need to do and the data that we need to collect. Then in the second half, we're going to talk about a couple examples and try and tease it out. Here we go. Let's start with these images because I gave you some exceedingly complex images where I'm trying to display four dimensions of data. Is it four dimensions? It's four dimensions of data because the the sizes mean something too. Oh, size and color. Yeah. And the size and color mean something different. So... So this, right. is, this is actually a trick that I've been trying to pioneer for a while, or tr- not pioneer, so that I've been trying to pioneer for myself for a while, okay. which is two axes, symbols with colors. We've done that repeatedly, but then changing the symbol size to mean something different. So in this, this case... It's pretty common in cartography. Well, I am behind the times in cartography. And cartography, you have an XY automatically. But okay. <laughs> yeah, good point. You do an XY automatically. So so anytime you want any sort of data, you need to work. All right. A lot of dimensions. That's right. Go for That's it. That's right. So we this came about last week because you just insisted that everything was going to be due to batting order. 
Uh, no, I said that a lot of this was going to be a lot of the driving factor was going to be batting order. And we have to get the batting order bias out of the analysis that you're doing to be able to actually see the outliers in the data set. So I, I accept that. And then I started thinking about, okay, well, how do we actually do this? And I wanted to, I wanted to first show recreate as the simplest effect, recreate the canonical um, batting order versus plate appearances relationship. Uh-huh. Try and figure out, okay, well, how many more plate appearances does somebody actually get um, if they bat at the beginning? So we've done that in the past, and once I once I teased that out, I realized that I'd actually accidentally given myself a new vector to work in here, which was mm-hmm. we were asking some of what the effect of team quality versus batting order is. Remember, that was one of our driving questions, like, is being eighth on the Red Sox or eighth on the Twins better than being fourth on the Orioles? Right. And so, yeah, no. So how so how do we try and address that? So this is my attempt at addressing that. Okay. Okay. So this data is on the x-axis. I have the batting order position. On the y-axis, it's the number of plate appearances that they recorded in an individual game. So now this is for everyone that's appeared in more than 50 games this year. I threw them all on the same figure. So as a function of batting order per game, number of plate appearances per game, then the size is the frequency, how many many times that position and number of plate appearances was recorded. And then the color is how many of some stat where I did runs rbis and home runs is recorded at that position okay and the color goes from dark to light light to dark yeah so dark is zero light is high oh okay from zero to more yeah okay so let's start by considering just the runs plot here and let okay so let me just back up for a second the reason that i didn't want to do this just by batting order position is because splitting it out by the number of plate appearances that a batter got in a game is actually a very crude way of saying how good the team around them is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right, it is, because that the the more plate appearances for batting order position, the better the team is, right? Because you have on the, uh, at the upper end, you have th- this scale on the Y scale, the plate appearances goes from zero to eight. Yeah. Yeah, there's some games. Wild. There's some games where guys had eight plate appearances. Admittedly, nobody batting seventh, eighth, ninth in the order ever recorded eight plate appearances. Yeah. As a matter of fact, no one, re- no one, no one, yeah, yeah, no one batting ninth. If you're batting ninth, yeah. you, no one's getting one. Well, actually, ninth is really interesting because you see that there's a bunch of people that bat ninth that get one only one plate appearance. Yeah. Pinch hitters. <laughs> oh, pinch hitters. Yeah. Oh, pinch hitters and pitchers. Yeah. Right. Yep. So that's so that drives your your last column down, but there's just a big swath of people hitting, getting one plate appearance in. in nine. It is wild. Yeah, there's <laughs> a the curve just kind of just. <laughs> yeah. So, so I appreciate that. But what this says, if you're if you look at this, it's actually you're going to get more runs. You will score more runs if you bat fifth, and you go through. You get a fifth plate appearance. Then if you bat first, but you only get four plate appearances. The runs is color. Yeah. Okay. But what's more common? So right? that's right. 
<laughs> Sorry. So it's more common that someone batting first in the batting order who gets four at bats scores a run than someone fifth in the batting order getting five plate appearances. Yeah. Now I picked sort of the most provocative one because it's because actually it it happens about the same frequency that someone bats first and gets four plate appearances as bats third and gets five plate appearances. Yeah. And in that case, the person who's third batting third and getting the fifth plate appearance scores way more runs. That so that's really that's really where it's where it gets interesting, right? Is so one, two, three have the same runs potential, virtually the same runs potential. Yeah, on a on a good team though, on a team that's going to get to that team. that fifth plate appearance, because it's yeah. it's interesting because you actually see that if you're on a if you're on a quote unquote bad team, one where that only gives you four plate appearances leading off, that you don't want to be first. It's actually worth much more to be second, third, fourth. Yeah. This this pretty much holds true actually if you look at RBIs and runs as well. RBIs you basically shift one batting position down the order. Yeah, of course. <laughs> as right. as expected. It, it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. So because remember this RBI plot is basically what I was trying to create, which was we had a hypothesis that there were a bunch of people way down in the order just randomly picking up RBIs. On, on decent teams and, and you're kind of you're kind of seeing some evidence for that here the guys that are in like seventh in the order and still pick up some RBIs still getting some decent RBIs most certainly in at, with four plate appearances yeah yeah god so this is this is really hard because it's integers yes <laughs> yep integer math yep I know well that's that's kind of why I chose to display it like this because I didn't want to average over any of these and i right. didn't want to lose the right i didn't want to lose the discretion in the plate appearances that because there because there is of course the the individual game effect i mean if you just played one nine innings times 162 games if you just played one game that was a thousand innings long <laughs> i don't mm -hmm. know what i don't know what exactly these would look like but you have the the discretized value from a single game absolutely yeah that would be funny <laughs> If you if you played an infinite number of innings, yeah. I mean, in baseball rules, that would be really low RBI totals because if you played an infinite right. number of innings, you would have less chance for runs. Right. So the one of these that I one of these that I actually find very interesting is the the home run plot as well because runs and RBIs are dependent on other things. In principle, home runs. Looking at this. All right. Yeah, it gives us a little bit better of a handle on individual player quality, and the the thing that we were trying to theorize about last week, and I think we'll we'll continue to talk about here, which was okay. Well, where should someone actually bat in the order? And this this suggests to me that managers are actually have actually figured out who in their order should be two, three, and four. <laughs> I think yeah. Well, it's pretty clear. I, I think that the the canonical wisdom has not been disproved by statisticians, which is to say the number two hitter needs to be a really good hitter um, who could hit home runs, could steal a base, can get on base, etc. And then, the number, the, then three is sort of a somewhere between that number two hitter and a number four hitter, number four hitter being someone who can be a big bopper. Right. And, 
hit people in. That's right. So I, so I think I think that this suggests that people actually are in the right spot, and it, you know this is this is a new. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what we learned from this. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think we learned that you clearly want to be on a team that's getting through the order four times fully. Jeez, but this really, we, and we talked about this a while ago before we had been, um, before we were, I think, really sending our podcast to more people than um, yeah. <laughs> we could email. That's right. But the big thing is that that number five spot is a clear, is the clear transition point from guys who get runs, RBIs, and home runs to guys that are more on the fringe. Yep. That are on the fringe. You want to have a guy who's in the top five batting response. Now, you say you don't know what this adds, but this is what we need to now subtract from our um, from the model that you put together last week. Right. You want to be able to pull out these trends, and you want to be able to pull these trends out on both dimensions. <laughs> on both the batting order position and some mm -hmm. rough metric for team quality. Because you, you can see by eye, you can do the integral by eye along the, the rows of plate appearances. I mean, you can see that the distribution is going to peak for all three of these stats at second and third. Uh -huh. I mean, that's, that's yes, the yeah. spot to be. Like third is arguably the, the most all-around scoring position in terms of these three categories. In terms of these three categories, yeah. but with this, if we were to add in, have you taken a look at hits? A little bit more towards one. Right, one is a little bit better. Yeah, one and two. Yeah, like yeah. Said, okay. All right. Fine. So you are seeing you are seeing an improvement. Better values. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you're seeing you're seeing four and five or uh, yeah four and five really fall off. On the hitting side, yeah, as opposed to the home runs. Well, fine. Yeah. you were right. What do you know? Number two, number two hitter is supposed to be your best hitter. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think, I think we've shown that as well. The thing that I was that I'm really hoping to add from this dimension is what quantify quantify the advantage that you get from being on a good team versus a bad team. Right. That's next up. Yeah, we didn't we did not definitively answer the question of whether batting well. Batting seventh on the Red Sox still seems worse than batting fourth on the Orioles from this. I would say the so. The effect is just yeah. so huge in batting one, two, three, four. That yeah, that opportunity and that number of plate appearances. The only thing that's gonna help you, I guess, is that you'll get a bunch of you can get some hits if you're batting seventh. Yeah, you do get that's still a major hit position. So number eight is the catcher in the in the AL. Number nine is the pitcher in the yeah man. In the you NL. just I mean as eight as we all know, you just do yeah. not want eight or nine. In part because and you're seeing you're seeing basically the frequency of games where this happens. It's just suggesting that if they're putting you eighth or ninth, they're not expecting you to get four plate appearances really. So we need to get, I mean, this is sort of a sidebar task. I mean, we need, we should get like a scraper, the, a weekly scraper for, um, for our teams, at least to start with our TGFBI teams and just like say like these, this is the average 
batting order that each one of our players are at. If someone falls down to eight, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, we should, okay, so maybe one thing that would be interesting to do would be to scrape that down for everyone's team, figure out what their average batting order position is, and see if there's a correlation between their hitting score and that average batting position. Hitting score or each hitting score with the each uh, hitting score what the correlation is. Okay. All right. I like this. Uh, I like this thing that we have going where we plan the next week's task during the pod. <laughs> next three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> what started as an innocent programming note quickly turned into a hot take. A little programming note: the Red Sox moved their game to four o'clock for the uh, the Bruins game seven Stanley Cup finals matchup what's the point of having a like a statewide fan base if you're not going to do things like that statewide i mean you have a region oh sorry i always forget that it should just be one state but for some reason it's six. Oh wow wow this guy <laughs> if nate silver can say that they should merge the dakotas i think i can come out to merge new england the other thing that I want to talk about is just developing, just figuring out what other ingredients we need to quantify manager contributions. So I looked at stolen bases and started thinking mm-hmm. about stolen base opportunities. Yes, it's. I think it's it's stolen base opportunities versus um, stolen bases. Okay, but what else? We can't be. We can't. It, it can't be a one dimensional model. I mean. The effect of a manager, I think, is going to be so... My hunch is that the effect of a manager is so slight that we're going to have to... We're going to have to put a lot of data together into a pot to see an overall effect. It's... Yeah, it's um, base running. Sure. It's batting order. And it's substitutions. So is it... uh, Substitutions. Okay, well, that, that I can pick up. I can we can pick up substitutions. I think that this is going to necessitate um, a sophisticated fan graphs uh, statcast scrape because statcast records every plate appearance in order, mm-hmm. so we can pull out everything that happened in a game. And I think we're going to need that level of information i mean part of me got bogged down this week just thinking about okay well like how logistically do we even (laughs) get these different things like how how do how do we logistically pull the data that we need after realizing that i i sort of knew what we needed but also still sort of didn't i i don't know i don't know Statcast hitting side enough to just grab everything that we need to keeps on being like can you limit your query bro really (laughs) does it wait when you're even when you're doing it automatically like or through python i mean that's rough well we'll have to come up i think um so i think that i'm doing something wrong okay because i built a scraper to grab individual games at one point in the past so it's i i want to i do want to revive that it's just kind of like, okay, once I have this data in hand, what the heck am I going to do with it? I mean, I know that mm-hmm. we've we've been pretty fast and loose about data for data's sake in the past. <laughs> Just, like, gather all the data and we'll find something to do with it later. But I'm trying to not do that exactly. Is there... So when you're going through the, the web protocol and you specify a player, 
So for batters, mm-hmm. do you have to specify a pitcher? No. So how do you... Because it's just like, each time that I do this, I, d- I just set Jose Abreu. What what do I need to otherwise set? If I just say batters, Jose Abreu. Um, I was, I mean, I was just setting, I think when I ran these scrapes, I was just running date and team and then just cycling through the date. And then, oh, so because, the because I had a thing that would reorganize the data into by timestamp because if you pull all of the data down there's a timestamp okay and so i had i had organized it so that it would do all the do all the time stamping okay so i should go through each game day i think that's what we have to do i should um i mean i gotta get that up and running again okay game day all right and there's a format to it yeah, the same for when you you're grabbing because the pitcher stuff is easy. Well, sure, because it's a game because <laughs> they show up in a big pile. Yeah. All right, you want to tackle Alex Verdugo? Let's talk about Alex Verdugo. He is. Oh wait, I meant to look up his age. He is 23 years and 27 days. Happy recent birthday to Alex Verdugo. We must have known. Alexander or Alex? He first appeared in, in 2017, which I had actually forgotten about. He appeared in 15 games in 2017. All of 37 games last year, but he's he's made it to an official regular now. Yeah, he's getting there. 62 games, 199 plate appearances, 4 home runs, 19 runs, 28 RBIs, 3 stolen bases, good for a 287 average, which you would not have thought given how his last week went. <laughs> Yeah, if you watched any game this week, you would have seen an offer. I, I um, I watched I watched the Saturday, and then I was like, oh man, like he must have done something this week. And so I looked back at his plate appearances for the week, and oh man, it's not a not a good bad. day, not a good very week, very bad. Yeah, poor poor week to pick him. Um, and he just looked flustered out there. He kind so. of his his plate appearance. His appearance at the plate re like reinforced what I was seeing from him this week because <laughs> he just I mean he is he is bat on shoulder until the wind up starts. Mm-hmm. It, I, he's just <laughs> flustered. He's exhausted. He's whatever. But this is the most games that he's he's already played more games than he had in the two previous years combined. Yes, but but he appeared in. 91 AAA games last year so it's yeah, so know, it's not I like know, know, so he was playing and in some in some ways you'd think it's a little bit less exhausting to be on I mean you live a, you live a significantly better life on the major league club <laughs> true so true 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 but but I hear what you're saying I mean you're you are facing tougher competition I mean I think that those those rests are fewer and further between they are managing him pretty reasonably He's not playing every game. But he, uh, I, I don't know. I was not impressed by how he looked at the plate. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to watch the Max Muncie, uh Bumgarner game. Yeah. Go back and watch it, but then I was like, mm, he's not playing. He's not playing. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I watched the game yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, on the 10th, and... Uh, he, that's what, that was just my impression was he looks like he's, he's flustered and whatnot. I, I would guess with him, he's going to have a second wind here. 
at some point, probably right after the All-Star break, if he doesn't pick up before then. Um, but, you know, I mean, guy's trying. <laughs> he ran into a wall when I was watching. There's <laughs> always, like, mixed feelings there. He, I mean, he... Um... The thing that the thing that weirds me out so much about how he appears at the plate is that he moves well. <laughs> yeah, he just looks he like, does. He just like stands stock still at the plate. <laughs> like, what are you doing, yeah. man? Like, what? Like, there will be a bit different batting stance next year. Oh, this is going to be one of those yep. key guys. that's going to be like, wow, it's sort of like the Max Kepler type, where it's like they're going to change him around so many times, and then finally they're going to find something that fits. And he's going to be super productive. And the question is, for how long can he be that? Max Kepler is a really good comp, I think, for Verdugo. Yeah. I think that's a great comp. Because he's not a Max Muncy. No. That's that's a bad comp. I mean, it, it was really stark seeing you know, seeing the two, the two of, of them. them. Like From a distance, they look similar. Well, yeah, and, and you know, throw Bellinger <laughs> in the mix. And you're like, you're like oh, those are, those are three totally different guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing for the same team. Hmm. I do think the Dodgers are going to be good for a few years. <laughs> I, I think they will be. I mean, I don't know how long Muncie can keep this up or Cody Bellinger. Sure. Um, but amazing that they traded for and then lost their middle infield, like yeah. Machado yeah. and um, your, your, your old buddy there. <laughs> Which one? Dozier? Why am I Dozier? What? Sure, he's he's gone, but yeah, I. Uh, but and then all of a sudden, then Max Muncy is given more playing time and it's better. Alex Verdugo is popping up; he's doing well. Carl, uh, Bellinger is back to being a top guy. Jock Peterson is just playing when you need him. I know that's. I do feel kind of bad for Jock Peterson. Man, daily league guy, he would be awesome. Yeah, oh, great point. That's why I have him in TGFBI. So smart. So I think I think Verdugo is is good, but I think he's I I think we're going to spend a few seasons wondering when is he going to be as good as we think he's going to be. Yeah, it might be. I would say it's going to be two years. We're two years away from it. I agree with that. He feels like he feels like going forward, good late round flyer in in future drafts, and then as soon as you sort of figure out that he's not going to do anything, you drop him. Where do you want to go this week? Do you want to watch a Cardinals game? Ooh. Do I want to watch a Marcel Cardinals Marcel Ozuna? You want to go to Bush Stadium? Bush, Bush Stadium? Oh, man. Marcel Ozuna. So many conflicting feelings. Yep, let's do it. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.